Welcome to the Craft a Path podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Michalek. Listen along as I chat with fellow travelers and eccentrics about the interesting lifestyles they live. In this world of options, why follow the masses when you can craft a path? Welcome back to the podcast. So I wish I could say I've been off on some epic adventure, but in reality, I just really haven't felt like editing the podcast I've recorded. With hope for travel on the horizon, this seemed like the perfect time to catch up with my former friend and neighbor, Laura Zollner, about teaching English in South Korea. As usual, we'll look to demystify the experience and share tips and ideas with those who are interested. As has this wonderful new year, this podcast got off to a little bit of a rough start. But during this time, Laura shared another one of her interesting experiences. So I left it in. I hope you enjoy. That's yeah, great. can can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard you since you came in. So, okay. I assume it's so funny. Okay. I do. I literally do this every time I start a call with my my CEO. So. <laughs> yeah. So, where are you, or like, what company are you working for right now? Um, I, it's kind of it's been really funny. I'm working for it's a Korean skincare company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been remote, so. It's been kind of, it's been like a year and a half that I've been working with them, but we do a lot of like remote calls. My, my CEO's in Norway and then part of the team's in Korea. So like we're always doing Zoom calls. So I do this literally every single week. We're trying to <laughs> get I in calls. I see. How did you yeah. come across the opportunity? Did it have something to do with your time in Korea as a teacher? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, When I was, I guess you remember like we would, like we were going to Seoul a lot on weekends. So mm-hmm. I met, um. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll tell you more, I guess, when we're talking in the podcast and stuff, but like, I met the CEO in Seoul in a vegan meetup, and then okay. we just kind of like stayed in touch for the last like two years. And then she just was like, hey, I need help with the company. And I've kind of been like helping her with like a whole, a lot of stuff with the company. It's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, that sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah. So that's but, your full time so, job? Yeah. Um, it's, I wish it was full-time it's, it's part-time, but she, she's been wanting me to go back to Korea so that it can be full-time. And I'm like trying to decide on that. So, yeah. So you could go back to Korea and do that full-time and not have to teach. Yes. Whoa. I know. I know. It's kind of been like, I feel like I kind of hit the, I don't know. It's like, if, if I go back to Korea, it would be through that. And I've been trying to make the decision for like six months now in seoul right um in daejeon in daejeon oh yeah okay okay wow man but (laughs) that's so intriguing because it would be such a different experience yeah yeah because i know i like i think like we were saying last time we talked it's like you know it's like teaching english i feel like you could do that for a year or two but it's like not what you want to do for forever so yeah for sure for sure well interesting that's cool do you have like a deadline for when you need to decide on that or she's been actually like really awesome about it it's i mean i know you've probably been feeling this too it's like with everything with like with covid is kind of like been like the curveball because she she wanted me to go over like months ago and then now there's that like the the two weeks of quarantine when you go to korea Mm -hmm. so 
she's been like, well, maybe we should just kind of like hold off and maybe go next year. Or something. So could you get a visa pretty easily? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. She, um, she wants to sponsor me. She's like, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll do the, the work visa and everything. So, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's a little, I think things are different from when we first met and I was over there. Yeah, I would say so. So if you're ready, I would like to talk about your time teaching English in South Korea. Uh, The reason why I wanted to chat with you is because when I was first looking into teaching in Korea, it seemed like this Mm -hmm. wild adventure and I'd never known anyone who had done it. Uh, So I thought the only way I can figure out what this is really like is to try it for myself. Yeah, I found out very quickly. I I was probably not prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it'd be nice to have a conversation with you about your experience, like how you discovered the opportunity and yeah. the realities of the experience for you. So how did you originally hear about the opportunity to teach English in Korea? Yeah. Um. I think for let's. I'm trying to go back. Um. I, I was actually, I was an education major. So okay. I was, I was an art. Well, okay. I'm from Florida. Um, mm-hmm. I went into art education. Um, and then I know in my classes, there was a lot of like, you know, everybody was kind of wondering like, okay, what are we going to do after we graduate? Sure. Um, so a, I think a lot of people I knew, and then like some of my teachers were like, well, yeah, you know, like teaching abroad is, is an option for a lot of people. Um, and I, I don't remember why I, th- I think like, I didn't, I didn't really have like one place that I wanted to go. I just knew that I wanted to like travel. Um, and then there was a lot, like a lot of people would talk about South Korea because it's such an easy place to go and teach. So like, since I was already in education, like we talked about a lot about it in the program I was in. So. Okay. Um, so that was one of the places that consistently came up when you talked about the topic of teaching abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think like, I know, like, you know, Spain did too, I think, and like mm-hmm. a lot of other places. But I know, I think South Korea just kind of made it the easiest for teachers to come in. Like, you know, they give you an apartment, the salary is good, the um, they, there's really good benefits. And it was just kind of easy and easy right over there. So I was like, yeah. Well, So let's talk about the process a little bit. Like, when did you decide to go? When did you apply? What was the application process like? Yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to look back. It's been a little while. (laughs) Um, It was, I think I I graduated in 2012. And then um, I didn't, I actually, I didn't go over until 2015. I think I was like working some other jobs. I was was teaching in Florida. Oh, were you teaching at a, like a primary school or a secondary school in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was the art teacher for here for a little while. So no way. Yeah. I had a little bit of teaching experience before I went over there. That helped a lot. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Most people don't. Yeah. I I know it's hard. It's like they kind of throw you into it sometimes, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was teaching and then I, I went through, it's kind of, I, I got, I was in a relationship for a while and I kind of, I got out of it. We were just kind of like going separate directions. Sure. And I remember like I, we 
we talked a lot. I, I knew that I really, really wanted to travel. And one reason I was staying in Florida was because of that relationship. Um, yeah. So then I, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go do it. And then I think that was around the time that was like 2015. Um, I just remember applying and it was, it was really fast. Like you just, I, I think I put in my resume and like um, letters of recommendation and mm -hmm. within six months they were like, Hey, yeah, like you have a teaching job in Korea. Yeah. So. Right. So I remember I applied late because I heard about the program. I think I heard about it in late April and the deadline was like the second week of May, the year I applied. Oh, okay. uh, so I had to rush to gather these documents. And then it was really stressful for me going through the process because I'd never done anything like that. I'd only yeah. ever applied for jobs in person mm -hmm. and just not knowing if you would be expected to move across the world was really mm -hmm. stressful for me. How did you feel yeah. about that? It is. Yeah. No, that's, that's really, I didn't know you did the, I guess, kind of the last minute oh, yeah. or the jump into it. That's awesome. Well, if yeah. so, it wasn't awesome. Um, because <laughs> brave, it was great. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was or not, but I, I paid the consequences because, um, because I was a last minute applicant, my application was not at the top of the stack, obviously. Oh. And when it came time for placements in August, I was mm. sitting around, um, I was, I was, excuse yeah. me, Yeah, 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 yeah. getting choked up about how, uh, <laughs> how it's, terrible it's this experience, experience was. It yeah. was because <laughs> I moved back to my mom's house and I was like, wait, I didn't want to commit to any job or like lease an apartment because mm -hmm. I was expecting to move to Korea. Mm -hmm. But come like the first week of August, which is just a couple of weeks before school starts, Oh, wow. I got an email say, saying, hey, we overhired. Um, oh. So we're going to push you to a spring start date if you want that. Oh, so so they had told you that you were hired, but then they had hired too many people? Yeah, yeah. So I was hired oh. expecting to start school at the end of August. And then they pushed oh. it back to like uh, end of February when we when we met. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't see, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, so it kind of changed the tra trajectory of the experience for me, but yeah. So you had, was, is that right? That you had, you had classes that you were signed up to take and you were kind of not sure if you were going to be starting them. And it was depend. it was dependent on if you went to Korea or not at that time. Is that right? Like uh, university classes? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that what you mean, or? Oh no, no not exactly. Um, I was in a graduate program online at the time, but I um, I planned to continue that in Korea. Uh, that didn't really affect that. I just I was scared to like lease an apartment or look for jobs in other places because I didn't want to make any commitments. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I. I think that's one thing I. I've looked back and just kind of hope maybe maybe that could change with Epic over the years. Like I, I do hope that maybe they could kind of give people a little bit more of a heads up. Cause I know it's yeah. when you go to Korea, it's all really like last minute and you have to be ready to like go. Well, it's yeah. pretty last minute. <laughs> Having taught in other countries, Korea is by far has been the most organized in my experience. So <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that though. So when you finally get the placement, um, when you arrived, did you do an orientation? Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember. Um, so I, I, yeah, I went to Korea twice. So the first time, 
um, the first time I was actually, I was in a late intake. I'm trying to think back. So it was, oh, a little, it was, yeah, yeah, different. yeah, yeah. I was actually, um, they told me I was, I was waiting to the last, last minute and they were finally like, oh, okay, you were, you're hired, but you're not going to come until I think it was like April instead of February. Okay. Um, so we had an orientation when I went there, but it was way smaller than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. So, um, and probably not the same length. Was it shorter as well? Um, no, it actually was the same length. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think there was like maybe like a quarter of the number of people. I don't, I mean, I guess for people listening, it's like when you go over there was, I think our orientation was several hundred people. Like maybe. I believe so. Yeah. It kind of felt like the first days of college, like, and we were on a college campus and we were attending yeah. classes every day on how to teach and like cultural classes as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I like really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. So we had like amazing, what was it? The meals too were just like amazing. In the yeah. Like buffet style and a, a really good variety of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, like when, um, I guess I was actually like really curious, like what, so what, what made you decide to go over to Korea? Was there anything like in particular? Or? Well, so I say I'd never heard of anyone going there. I did. I have like a, I think he's a second cousin. I don't believe I've ever met him in person, <clears throat> but when I was thinking of odd jobs, he came up and I know he had, he actually ran an academy for a while in Korea. But oh, wow. really, so that was like a vague reference, but really it just came about from searching the web. Um, I knew I wanted mm -hmm. to travel as well mm -hmm. and I didn't have a lot of money saved. So it seemed like a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was initially intrigued by teaching in Chile in South America. Okay. Uh, I wanted to learn the language. I wanted to learn Spanish and it just seemed like a, an adventurous place to go. But yeah, yeah. When I came across the EPIC program in Korea, and mm -hmm. like you said, it's very structured, and mm -hmm. yeah. that was far more welcoming to me. Ha having mm -hmm. a, a program that arranges a place for you to live mm -hmm. and pays for your flight um, mm -hmm. and pays a really good monthly salary, that, yeah, that seemed like mm -hmm. something that I could get behind. So that's, that's what motivated me to apply yeah that's that's cool because i know i when you were talking about going to spain that's like that's kind of something i've been looking at too but that mm -hmm. i think there's i i definitely have a little bit of the fear of like oh man like how do you find like an apartment and i guess all that stuff you you right. did it you probably made it look easy no <laughs> but... <laughs> I, it, it can definitely be stressful and you know like with this process my my visa was it took forever um, huh. for me to obtain my visa because of COVID. It, you know, it's just delayed mm -hmm. everything. But when I got the visa, I actually arrived after classes began. So I arrived late and mm -hmm. that left me scrambling. I had a hotel for a couple nights and then luckily I found a place to rent. But yeah, it can huh. definitely be stressful. But if huh. you have, if you give yourself a couple weeks before classes start, then there's a lot more time to figure things out. Yeah, yeah. And is, how about, um, is Chile, is that a place you're still thinking about going or is that kind of... Mm, not seriously, no. I think if I were to go to South America, I'd be more interested in Argentina at this point. Um, but um, 
I don't know. It seems like those countries are more kind of do it yourself. Like you're mm -hmm. more of a, like a business owner or like a freelancer mm -hmm. as an English teacher. And mm -hmm. they, don't, as far as I know, they don't really have like structured programs and it was the same in the Czech Republic. So I experienced that way of teaching. Mm, right. And it can be nice because you have like a wide variety of classes. You might teach some, some, um, some people that work at a business, you know, some older mm. people, you might have some one-on-one -on -one lessons, oh. but it's pretty stressful, like having to organize your schedule constantly mm. and not having a reliable or like steady source of income. It's, mm -hmm. it's a different way of doing it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I think maybe that, I know for me that I think, again, that was kind of one of the draws of you know, Korea and like, and I guess kind of Asia in general, I feel like mm -hmm. they, they definitely kind of help get you in there a little bit better as far again, like the, with the apartment and the airfare and everything. Did you look at yeah. other countries in Asia, like Japan or China? I know they have pretty popular programs as well. Um, not, not yet. Um, I have, I've been considering doing jet and I was, I was actually going to apply this year, but then I think with everything with like COVID and just kind of like putting a hold on stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was, it's kind of funny. I know when I, when I left Korea this last time, I think last time you chatted, I was telling you, um, like I, I didn't really feel ready to like kind of leave that lifestyle and leave like mm -hmm. the kind of traveling lifestyle. So I've heard, I've actually heard that Thailand, I'm sorry, Taiwan um, has uh -huh. really good, they have really good programs for teachers and like okay. kind of similar to Korea. So. That's really intriguing. I've, have you been to Taiwan? Not yet. Um, I have a friend from Taiwan and she's like, okay. she's like, it's amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I spent yeah. a few weeks there last year and it was awesome. The people oh, were wow. so friendly and yeah, mm -hmm. it's such a cool place. It, it has a much different feel than Korea. Huh. So I'm actually curious where, so where have all of you traveled so far? Because I know like you've kind of been everywhere now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I certainly haven't. Um, and things have slowed a lot this year. But mm. after Korea, I, I spent the summer working in Alaska. And oh. that was great because I got to save some money. And from there, I did a Euro trip. I only visited two countries on that trip, though. I went to France and Spain. Okay. And it was while I was in Spain that I learned about teaching in Spain. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of on my radar. Mm -hmm. uh, I went back to the States for a while for a winter job. And then I, I returned to Asia. I went to Japan for... A, oh, no way. For, yeah, I spent April, May, and some of June of last year in Japan. Um, okay. And then from there, I went to Taiwan and spent three weeks. So I wanted to like challenge my perception of Asia after my experience mm -hmm. in Korea. I wanted to go back mm -hmm. and do something other than teach. Yeah. So it was yeah. it was a really interesting experience. Yeah. I, yeah. I really liked it. How how were you able? Because I'm I'm always I mean like we were saying I'm always looking into ways to go to. I guess to be in Asia and maybe do something besides teaching. How yeah. how were you able to be in Japan? You said for like three months. Yeah. So I worked wow. um, the first like five weeks. I was at I was working at a hostel in Osaka, but nice. you know without a visa you can't get paid. So 
I did it through a, an organization called WorkAway. They have a, a website and an app. And basically the agreement is for a couple hours of assistance. It's not really work, but just like helping out around the place. They okay, let you stay okay. there for free and they typically sure. include meals as well. So uh, you don't really spend money to be there. Um, so it's like a, it's like a swap almost. It's like you're, yeah. you're giving time, like a work away, right? Or um, yeah, something it's like work that. Away. Yeah. Oh, it is called work away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. If you said that, I missed that. No, Watch no worries. So, yeah. That, that's what I did there. I did that in Taiwan as well. Um, um, and, and in Europe, I, that's pretty much the only way I travel these days because I always mm -hmm. ask myself, what would I do if I were rich, which I know will never happen. But, uh, <laughs> you never, never know you never know man well i i don't think i'll ever have that problem but um uh, i don't think a whole lot would change because i i think mm -hmm. like i have done some weekend trips or like some week-long mm -hmm. i did a, a week-long beach vacation in italy this summer and oh wow it was beautiful wow. right but it was kind yeah. of boring <laughs> like i went with my girlfriend because we just wanted to to escape like this all of the drama of this year and you know not yeah, think about yeah. the news and stuff so it was yeah. nice for that reason but mm. you know given the opportunity to like travel and work in a place and get to know locals or just sit on a beach i would definitely choose to immerse with the locals ah. more, so so you so you kind of like i guess like the working like going somewhere contributing in a way working kind of throwing yourself out there that's mm -hmm. cool i think well, too much my mind gets loud when I don't have anything to do. I can't relax well, so. Yeah, yeah, I know that can happen. And I, well, I know that can happen. I know when I was Korea, that kind of happened when I was outside of work sometimes, same thing. Like, so let's yeah. talk about that. So we, <laughs> we both know the experience of applying. Mm -hmm. It can be daunting, but ultimately it's not that bad. I don't think people should be deterred from applying no. to the program. Oh gosh, no, do it. If you're thinking about it, do it. Yeah, it's and great. I can't recall. Is it free to apply or is there a fee? Um, okay. So I think it's, it, there's no fees to apply, but once, once you start applying, there's, there's fees like fingerprinting and like stuff yeah. like um that kind of stuff. It, it can add up. I mean, it's only like, can't be over like $200, but total. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. you don't have to start paying for things until after like you get on board with things a little more. right so it's not like you're taking the risk of, of obtaining these documents and then not even getting the job like you pretty much know you're going right. to have the job yeah right 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 so and so then yeah. and then they reimburse you for uh for the flight and they also give you like a settlement allowance right if i, I think it's around 300 dollars. so it kind of covers those expenses if you yeah yeah think about it. it's i always i also thought too i mean um it kind of depends on, I'm trying to think back. Um, I know the first time I went over, like, at the, they, they do something where, like, they they don't really want you to connect with the teacher who was there before you, who you're going to replace just. Oh, really? For, yeah. Um, I don't, they, there's reasons, I guess, that they do it. But so the, the first time for me, I didn't get to talk with the person who was, who I was replacing. Um, but the second time I went over, like, the the teacher who I was replacing, she like found out that I was coming in. She reached out to me and we were talking and she left everything that she had over there. Like I'm trying to remember, she had like a tent and like a space heater and just like all this stuff. She like left it in the apartment. So it just, it oh. made it so much easier. Yeah. Really yeah. nice. And I believe she yeah. left a yoga mat, which you gifted to me. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still have? I guess that's. Did you bring that with you, or? No, I think that stayed behind for the next person in my flat in Korea. There you go. <laughs> so that person would have had something because when I got there, there was nothing mm. other than the smell of bleach on the walls. Mm. But anyway, so upon arrival, there's that. I think it's like a ten day orientation. Yeah, yeah. And then what do they do? Um, after I, yeah, I think it was the orientation, and then after that, they just like you go out to your city because they what, ship you, were, you off all on your own. Yep, yep. Kind of flounder around for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that really um, awkward ceremony we had? So we we left orientation oh, yeah. on a college campus with hundreds of other English speakers, mm-hmm. and I, at that point, I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a big party. This is awesome. But then we got shipped off in different directions. And I have no idea how many there were of us in Daejeon, maybe like 15 or so. Oh, I think, yeah, but maybe more, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I distinctly recall we left orientation that morning on a bus Mm -hmm. and with all of our luggage, we were, Mm -hmm. we arrived at this like auditorium Mm -hmm. and we had to stand in front (laughs) of all these korean teachers and they announced our names and then our Mm. korean like homeroom teachers came and received us and it was all Mm. very stressful yes yes (laughs) i I felt i i thought it was it was i felt like it was really sweet but also felt like we were it was like a teacher auction in a way okay here comes like here comes tyler he's going to the school Yeah, it was really strange. And then for me, I remember going from there with I two schools. So with the two teachers, they drove me to my flat. Did they do the same for you? Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, yeah, because I got driven there pretty quickly. And it's really funny. I'm pretty sure I remember that day. I don't think we met so much in orientation, but I remember seeing you walking in the city with your home your I guess your hope room teacher and I was walking with mine and we were like uh-huh like I was like okay we're gonna like talk later <laughs> yeah and I remember seeing you at that restaurant because they dropped me off at the flat and then we went I left my luggage and then we went to a restaurant oh I think yeah. it was a bibimbap bibimbap restaurant yeah. yeah that must be the place where they like they bring the new teachers like hey, yeah. come in and, and have it a was, good meal it was a good one yeah I remember that place it was good yeah yeah and then you, I guess we also I remember when we did the really cool um the hike on the the mountain mm-hmm. um the national park there i don't remember what it was yeah. called but yeah it was like gay gay Son or something um uh-huh yeah and i mean you you had done a lot of hiking and stuff before right because you're you're in colorado right mm-hmm. yeah it was really impressive it was beautiful there was a bunch of snow and great views mm-hmm. and it was so close to the city center yeah yeah we were doing what we were doing like these crazy hikes but within like a week or two of arriving i don't know i just thought it was it's pretty exciting (laughs) yeah so i mean that's one good thing about the epic program there's a lot of opportunity for socializing to meet other teachers Mm -hmm. no matter where you are you're going to have other teachers in your town or city with you Mm -hmm. and through orientation you're like encouraged to meet these people yeah yeah I also did. Were you ever able? Um, I don't know, because I guess like we didn't really. I don't know how. I guess we missed each other in orientation. But yeah, I don't did know. You, 
did you, were you able to stay in touch with anybody from orientation who were sent to different cities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember the main core. So tell me if you agree, but it's been my experience that the vast majority of foreign English teachers are women. Mm. I'd say like 80% in my experience. Yeah, that, that's really funny. I think now that, yeah, I would kind of agree. Uh, so agree. as a guy, I met a group of girls and they pretty much all ended up in Daegu. Not okay. all of them. There were a couple that were in Daejeon, actually. Um, okay. And then we we met in Seoul a couple of times after that. So that okay. was cool. It's, you know, Korea okay. is so well connected with the high-speed trains. It's mm -hmm. never hard to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was because I was going to say like that for, I think the same too. I knew some people, but I think they were also in Daegu and we would, we would meet sometimes for the weekends. And even though I know like I was in, well, in Daejeon that second time, I, when I think about my life outside of school, I know like I was going up to Seoul a lot. Like mm -hmm. Seoul was like my outside of school kind of life. And like, yeah, it just, it made, it was, it's so easy to get around there and everything. It is. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about the that today and I, I miss that. Um, mm -hmm. So what was your life like in Daejeon or, so Daejeon was your second placement. Where were you placed the first time you did the program? Yeah, um, it's kind of, well, the the first time I went over, I was in a city, it was more in the south of Korea, it was called uh, Gwangju, um, so that, it, that one was a lot farther away from Seoul, mm -hmm. um, and I remember, I know the first time I went over there, I, I didn't really understand how easy it was to, like, to take all these buses and transportation. Sure, and, it can be um, intimidating, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, a little, um, so, yeah, so the first time I was in Guangzhou, the second time I was put in Daejeon, and Daejeon was closer to Seoul. So then I think it was like by train, maybe an hour away, or like bus, like two hours. Mm -hmm. So so a lot of times on weekends, I just wake up on Saturdays and like pop up to Seoul and do yeah. like the whole weekend there. For so. sure, I did that as well. And the train is pretty expensive. I think it was like mm -hmm. thirty or forty dollars each way, maybe thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right, yeah. But yeah. it's within the budget of a teacher in Korea, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm sure I remember what else. Um, did you ever were you ever able to travel like, to I guess um, like out, outside of Seoul, outside of Daejeon, and see the like other cities? Not sure. Not other cities. I went. I went to Muju once, the ski area. Oh, and you oh, know what? Yeah. I yeah. went somewhere with you. I, I don't even know where yeah. it was. The, cher <laughs> the cherry, I think the cherry blossom festival or something. And yeah, yeah. That place was that in the same day? I think maybe it was. It was that really strange, like really rural festival. That's yeah. Now it's I, coming back. The strawberry festival. Or strawberry festival. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt like we were in Mongolia. Like it was yeah. so. It was so yeah. strange. So authentic. That's that's one thing it's like I know it's really cool like that that is one thing I really really miss about Korea like is I I love how you can go from just like being in like big crazy urban cities like like Seoul and then like literally like 30 minutes away or hour away or whatever there'd be like these really like kind of rural areas that they, they just felt so different like very and, like, removed from the city 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And just like, even like the, like the culture would be so much different. Like, yeah. I felt that yeah. as well. It was very yeah. intriguing. Yeah. So what was your daily life like though? So that was the, that's how you spent your weekends, but what was the Monday through Friday, like in the classroom? And since you mm-hmm. had teaching experience, how did it compare to your time teaching in the States? Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's okay. I guess to be, re- okay. To be really honest, like, I guess, okay. It was, it was a little bit different. Um, like when I was, when I was in Guangzhou versus Dijon, mm-hmm. um, both both times I was put over there or in Korea, I was in two different middle schools for each of those uh-huh. cities. Um, so in Guangzhou, I remember like um, I I had one co-teacher who was just like she, I think that's another thing when you when you go to Korea like your co-teachers really really can like kind of make your experience. Yes, or, yes, yeah. and you have no <laughs> no influence on on your co-teacher. It's just the luck of the draw. So yeah, it's, well, you you learn to I guess to get along with a lot of different people. <laughs> but, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. So in Guangzhou, I, I had a co-teacher that was just like she was amazing, and she was kind of like it was really I've never met a person who was like like this for me, but she was kind of like a mix between like my mom and my friend and a student, and just like really 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 helpful so yeah, it sounds amazing yeah so um that school I had um I had a really I actually had a really good time in that school like with the classes like I felt like um this I think it was a little bit more laid back there and like the students that they were actually like interested in learning English and like they had I think they had more free time and stuff so they were just a little bit more like kind of ready to have fun and everything mm-hmm. um and my my second school, I just, I kind of wasn't like as, as engaged there. Um, and then when I was in Dijon, um, the school that I think um, it was close to where we were living. Yeah, I remember it. It was right that, across the street from my apartment. Yep, yep. Um, that one, that was an all girls middle school. And it was, um, I thought every, like everybody there was just like super, super helpful. Um, okay. The, the, yeah, cl- the classes were really good. Um, and then I had one other school in Dijon that was, uh, let's just that they were Challenging. not very, yeah, <laughs> they were they did not want to learn English there, so that was that uh-huh. was the struggle school. Was it also a middle school? Yes. All girls? Yep. Um, no, it was boys and girls. So. Mm, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And was the working with the co-teacher there more of a challenge as well, or was it mainly just the students? Um. I actually, I have to say, like, I, I thought the teachers actually, both my schools were, were really good. Um, the ones at the, my challenging school, they were, they were younger teachers. So I think they just like, um, they just didn't have as much experience. And then that, because of that, like the students weren't as disciplined, yeah, but they, they were see. helpful. It was just like, it was that, that school in particular, that was honestly, I know this is crazy, but it was, it was one of the big reasons I think that I was having such a hard time living there for mm-hmm. for that second time it was just it was a really really big challenge going every day and trying to teach to kids that they just did not want to be in that classroom yeah absolutely i know that struggle it can be extremely demoralizing i always think of it like and i had never considered this as a student it wasn't until i stood in front of a class mm-hmm. um and i prepared and then mm-hmm. got no response from the students but it's like giving a presentation when you're in yeah. high school or college 
and mm -hmm. just getting no response, you know? Oh, or, or yeah, yeah. It, but, it's really demoralizing. They do the the stone well the one school I was at they do I called it the stone wall because they were they were actually taught it was really funny they were like taught to, to to be respectful but they they didn't like to be respectful you weren't really supposed to engage as much like raise your hand and say things it was more like you sit back and listen so yeah. I I don't know if you felt like that you would go and you could say like really all these things and then um, it was really hard. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it, the funny thing is here in Spain, it's the total opposite. <laughs> it's just constant engagement. Everyone's really enthusiastic, which can be difficult to control. Um, but oh, it's yeah, a different yeah. problem for sure. So after that first year in Guangzhou, were you mm -hmm. sure that you wanted to do a second year of the program? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I remember, I, I think what happened was, I know okay, after that first year, I don't want to make it sound bad because like, I really, really missed my time in Korea. And I, mm -hmm. I still think about going back. But after about seven or eight months, the first time I, I had really bad culture shock, like, right, super real. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it, I just kind of knew like I wanted to come home. So so I came back. And then Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was back here, just kind of working some different jobs. And I the whole time, it was really funny. I like, I was always thinking about Korea. Like, I don't know why I just I was missing a lot of things. I kept I was trying to learn the language a lot when I was here. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny. So I'm, I, I know I, when people think of Florida, I feel like they just think of Florida, man. <laughs> and, this big wild who, place. I don't know. I don't know who that <laughs> but, is. Oh, really? You don't yeah. know? That's that's amazing because when I was at orientation, everybody was like, "Oh, oh, you're like from I don't know." Florida gets made fun of. But I just think of the beach, but I've never been to oh. Florida. Okay, well, don't look up Florida, man, because I'm actually really happy <laughs> that you don't know about that. Oh, I'm probably going so, to have to. But <laughs> he's he's a there's a wide variety of people that he's he encompasses. But um, so. Okay, so well, I, I I basically feel like Florida just kind of like gets made fun of as a state, but I have heard that, yeah, sure. Yeah, so the the city I'm from is about it's it's a smaller city. I'm in Gainesville. Oh um, yeah, that's where the university is, right? University of Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so we're we are it's a university town, so it's like it's small here, but for the size, it's really diverse, and we have mm -hmm. a lot of like. Um, a lot of international people come through here for, for like research and sure studying. So sounds exciting, lively. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you ever want to, I guess travel to Florida, come visit here. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So any, so anyway, what I was saying with that was, um, during, during the two years that I was back here, I was meeting a lot of people that were here in Gainesville from Korea, and I was like kind of trying to learn Korean from them and just kind of mm -hmm. do like language exchange. So you were um, back for two years before you decided to apply to go to day job? Yes, yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. And so during that time, you had met some Korean people, you'd been introduced mm -hmm. to more Korean culture, you're studying the language. Did you feel more prepared going into your second stay? I did. <laughs> yeah, I <yeah>. did. <laughs> then yeah, um, I did. And it's kind of, well, I don't know if I said this, I, I definitely went over there feeling more ready. And then it's funny, the second time I went over, I, I did only stay six months. 
Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually planning to stay there for like two, three, even maybe more than that years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I see. So yeah. what, what made that decision for you? And, and let me just say, you were extremely helpful to me Aww. and to all the other um, incoming teachers. No, really, because you'd done it before. And mm-hmm. yeah, you, you were always telling people to reach out if we had any questions and you definitely helped us out. So. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. So we could tell that you were more prepared. So why did you ultimately decide to to leave after one semester? Oh, that's good. Um, I, I think, well, I, I think for me, I was, I don't know what, I mean, I guess when this happens, it's not something you prepare for, but I was, I had a lot of really bad, like health issues come up when I went back that, that last time it started at, I think it was about three or four months in, and I just, I was getting really, really bad, like, um, like headaches and migraines when I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I don't know, just feeling really sick. And then I, I started to see the doctors in Dijon and they, they were really helpful, but for whatever reason, like they just weren't really like finding what was wrong. Um, and then I just, I met, it was a really hard decision. Like I didn't, I knew I didn't want to leave, but because my health was getting so bad, I just felt like I couldn't really stay. Oh, sure. Um, well, that's a totally legitimate reason. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then anyway, so then I, I went, I came back early and like, I, I stayed to like my six, six month mark on my contract um, and came back. And then like over time, I've had this kind of whole process here with doctors. They finally, Found out that I was extremely, extremely like anemic. Oh um, wow! Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's it's been kind of hard. It's like I I I keep wondering. So now of course I'm being crazy. I'm just like oh I kind of thinking about going back a third time. Like hey maybe what would happen? If well, I go so back? do you eat? Are are you a vegetarian? Or yeah. Do you eat a vegan diet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does that have something to do with it? Aren't probably that diet <laughs> makes you more prone to being anemic right I, yeah I think I think I think um that's that's what they've been saying is that like I guess you don't get so much iron when you don't eat meat yeah so, so yeah I see yeah. how how was that process for like how difficult was it to maintain that diet in Korea because that's that's a pretty mm-hmm. meat-based diet right or yeah yeah well it's, it's really it's funny because I'm like man if I ever if I wanted to start eating meat again Korea is the place you go if you want to have like a meat in your diet they have yeah, the best Korean barbecue oh, good fish all, yeah. all types of good meat there yeah um but it wasn't I think um it was hard it, it wasn't hard being vegetarian outside of school because I, I cook a lot at home so like mm-hmm. I just kind of figured out recipes that worked and I could make them the hard part was like if um, if I were going out, like I think like, there's a few times like we went out together and like with um, like if I went out with like Korean friends, it's really hard to be the person who doesn't eat meat because like all, the whole meal revolves around meat. Yeah. So I've seen it. You know, when I went when I arrived in Korea, I had been eating a pescatarian diet for a year, and I was oh. eating fish like once a week, if that. Uh, and that was the only meat I was eating. But when I got there, I quickly realized it was going to be really tough. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to make the effort to like learn how to explain that I didn't eat meat. So I just started saying yes to everything, but I admire that you were able to maintain it. Cause 
it, mm -hmm. it seemed like it would be tough, especially in the schools. Like when you're mm -hmm. eating a school lunch, they did they accommodate to you? Um, yeah, yeah. For oh, oh no, I'm sorry. The schools, not really. They they were pretty comfortable. They were just like, oh well, you can bring your own meal. That's <laughs> that's what I would do a lot. But um, yeah, no, not so much because they they would cook meals and it would be for like everybody at the school, so they, right. they weren't gonna do yeah yeah. So, but that was another perk as well. I, I enjoyed the school lunches. That was fun because half the time I didn't know what I was eating and just like eating with the teachers. That was, I felt so, a lot of camaraderie during those did, meals. Did you, I'm curious, did you ever, did you ever tell them about how you had chosen, or I guess like that you were pescatarian or were you just like, nah, I'm just gonna. Uh, I did. No, I, I did actually. I remember one of my first days with my two co-teachers, we went out mm -hmm. for lunch and mm -hmm. they ordered and the food came and I said, oh, I only fish, only fish. And uh, they were like, what, what? They, they weren't getting it. And I said, oh, never mind. This isn't so that was, work. that was kind of your, the, the moment where you were like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to maybe not yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and since then I've, I have continued eating meat, um, become quite the carnivore. So, and because mm -hmm. in Spain too, right, it's, it's, there's a lot of meat. And in the Czech Republic too, mm -hmm. um, but it can be done, and that's that's good to hear. Even in a city like Dijon, which is not the capital mm -hmm. city, you know, there not there are not a lot of vegetarian restaurants. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought I I would say like yeah, if you want to go to Korea and be vegetarian, it's doable. So yeah, yeah. It's okay. Cool. What were some other challenges you found mm -hmm. in day to day life aside from like dealing with mm -hmm. the challenging co teacher or the students not really participating much? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, well, I don't, I don't want to sound like it was, I, I had a lot of days, honestly. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I sometimes feel like I'm kind of an odd person. I, I do pretty well by myself and I know some people. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's, maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe do you feel like it's genetic or I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it's, a, <laughs> it's a, it's a personality trait. And I think, mm -hmm. I think we, people like us are more likely to move yeah. across the world to teach sure. English, you know, because we feel like, oh, we'll still have ourselves. So maybe we'll be able sure. to figure it out. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So I, well, I, I guess I think after, I think after I was there for a while, like after months and months, it got kind of hard, like not having like a set well, I, it's kind of the, the second when I was in Dejan, I actually I met some really good friends. So I would see them a lot after um, like after I got off of work that mm -hmm. helped so much because when I was in Guangzhou, I didn't have that. Um, OK, so I I wasn't really that like stressed out besides my health issues. I felt like I was pretty settled feeling there. Um, mm -hmm. The biggest thing that bothered me, though, was the the air pollution was kind of like a that was hard. Yeah, it was really but, tough. Is there an area of Korea that's less prone to the pollution? Um, or is it all? Yeah. I've, I've heard that the, that's, that was the, okay, well, if I go back, I've been looking into the east, the east coast of Korea. Mm -hmm. um, Korea, Korea has like a lot of, it's really mountainous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I remember. So, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, God, I miss it so much. Um, so the, there's, there's like a really big mountain range that goes down kind of like the middle of the country. So that blocks a lot of the, like, I guess the icky air and everything. 
mm-hmm. um and if you go the, the east side of it there's i guess like it's closer to the ocean and everything and the east side is supposed to be a little bit better and there, there, it's not it's not as close to Seoul, so i've yeah. kind of been looking into that yeah that makes sense maybe and you could probably still reach like busan and what, what's the other one like maybe U- ulan or the um, other large city down there Busan, oh, um, Olsan, I think. Olsan, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get some surfing in or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I see. So. so for people considering teaching abroad, is there any any uh, advice that you would give someone looking mm-hmm. into teaching in Korea? Oh, um, I would say, like, I would say if you go over there, like, just don't be afraid to try if something sounds interesting. And even if it's like something you never thought you would do, like, yeah, something like that, just don't be afraid to try it. Like, you know, like, I think you never know, like, the things that you're going to end up loving if you never tried it before, you know? Sure. That's excellent advice. Yeah. And how did you end up meeting these this person uh that owns a skincare company oh yeah um yeah there you go <laughs> so, yeah well, right because that's an that's an opportunity <laughs> that i never would have imagined in korea yeah um i well i mean i guess like i i would go to seoul a lot on the weekends and sometimes i would just kind of go alone and just be like if something sounded interesting i was like i'm gonna go to it and just like try to meet these really cool people mm-hmm. um and I think we were saying there, there was there's not a lot of vegans or vegetarians in Korea, but there was a really good like um like a vegan meetup that they would have like once a month at Seoul. Oh cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So I went up there for that, and then I met um there's a girl her her name's Chiojun. She's she's Korean, obviously. And then um we like we were hanging out a lot, and I'm trying to remember. Um, I met her a lot, and she was she was starting a vegan skincare company when I was there. And then I would help her a lot with kind of like the English side of things because she wanted it to be, she knew she wanted it to be like an international brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left and she, we actually both left Korea like almost the same time. She went, to, she got married to somebody in Norway. So she no went to way. Norway. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's been fun. This is, you know, the travel thing. Um, and then I, I went back to Florida and then we stayed in touch and then the, she had like a really big beauty convention she was going to in Vegas. So she reached out to me and she was like, Hey, will you come to, to Vegas and help with this event? And I was like, yeah, yeah. A chance to travel. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, so I went to that and then we ended up, it was like a three day, really, really big beauty event at like this a convention center. Um, and then after that, we just stayed in touch and she was like, could you, could you help me to work with the company like remotely? So we do, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm the international, what is it? The sales manager and international marketing manager for a vegan skincare company. We're like, we're in urban outfitters. We're like, yeah, it's done. Yeah. That's (laughs) amazing. What's the company called? The vegan glow. Vegan glow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great name. Sounds very official. Yeah. If anybody likes skincare. um. (laughs) Do you guys have a website? Is it veganglow.com or um it's the let's see the international one is the veganglow.com and then we have an instagram it's the veganglow.com with periods in between everything okay so, i'll have to check that out it sounds like a, a good gift for 
moms and girlfriends and such. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. Keep your, your skin glowy and meet meet new people that way. People are like, <laughs> oh, I love your skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. So you're you're making me you're conjuring up all sorts of nostalgic images from Korea, I know. and I, I'm, I know. Yeah, you know, because it was. A, I left early. I didn't even make it mm -hmm. through the first semester, but it was mm -hmm. such an exciting time. It was yeah. in a lot of ways, maybe the most exciting travel experience I've had. Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for the responsibility of it, mm -hmm. um, it's a but, lot. but still it was really exciting. And I would encourage those who are interested to, to give it a try. I would say for anyone going, go for at least six months. If you're going to go, yes. don't leave yes. before six months, for sure. Like make that commitment. And it's really mm -hmm. not that long. I think about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Had I stayed just a little longer, there would have been some mm -hmm. vacations and, you mm -hmm. know, there are extenuating circumstances, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I do want to say though, like I, I do think if, but I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but I also think you that if you are, <laughs> I don't want to just say, I agree, but. <laughs> I do think maybe if you're traveling and you get to a place where you're not, maybe you're not feeling it so much and you feel like it's okay to change things up. Like, I think it's totally okay to do that also sometimes. I, well, Cause I, I know people that just like, I, I'm not feeling it here. And then they would go somewhere else and be like, I, I love it here. So yeah, I will say that I, I would yeah. not recommend going to Korea if you're looking to, I don't want to say travel because living mm -hmm. in a foreign country for however long mm -hmm. that is a form of travel you know you're you're learning mm -hmm. about a new culture and you can make weekend trips to other places and such mm -hmm. but if you're looking to do like backpacker style travel mm -hmm. if you've got like this deep wanderlust which i had at the time oh. korea is probably not the place because there's a really rigid schedule there are mm -hmm. not a whole lot of days off yeah and yeah it's work it's work like it's you're work. not sitting by the beach the whole time for sure right yeah. right yeah. for sure yeah. Do you think there's any way that people could prepare to be more successful in Korea? Like mm. either be it in the classroom or just like from a, a social life standpoint? Um, I would, I would say like, I, I really think, I think that learning the language helps a lot. Like even mm -hmm. if, even if you don't learn to speak it like fluently, like even I, I mean, I had people. I would just say like "Onnyeonghaseyo," mm -hmm. and just that it means hello, and literally just saying that it would like open the door to so much because they'd be like, "Oh, okay, like that person, they're they're willing, they're not just coming here like teaching English and putting English, like making us learn English. Like right. they're also willing to learn our language. I I think that helps a lot. Like, I would agree. Yeah, and uh, in Daejeon, they offered free courses through the the city i think it was so there are lots of opportunities to learn the language yeah and it's i think it's also um it's the the written language is really really easy too so like you could learn it literally within i mean i know it sounds crazy but it's it's really efficient you can learn it within like a week just the written language not the like the like spoken. the pronunciation like the phonetic value right yeah 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 so I, yeah i i think that's super helpful like you know, just that right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, much less, much less intimidating than like Japanese or Chinese. Far, far simpler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think that would be my advice for sure.
Okay, yeah. yeah, I think that's really good advice. Well, if you decide to make the move again, I am very <laughs> interested to hear how that goes. It'd be, wow, what a what a rush it would be to be back in Daejeon and walk yeah. through, what was it called, Unhengdong? Unhengdong, yeah, yeah. Our old neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But I was, I was actually super curious. Are you, are you also thinking about traveling more at this point? Or are you kind of like, like, I, I guess am, with everything going on. Yeah. Um, I kind of, to an extent, at least I got most of the wonderlust out of my system. Gotcha. <laughs> I moved to a lot of different places in only a couple of years and mm-hmm as rewarding as it was as exciting as it was i started to identify mm-hmm. some like not necessarily monotony but the, it started to become almost mm-hmm. routine yeah like the way of meeting people and having mm-hmm. fairly shallow relationships and saying goodbye and starting over and you know i i mm-hmm. wasn't really investing anything so I'm really happy to be in Spain. I definitely intend to renew my contract for next year at least. Oh, good. Uh, good. Yeah, Spain's a much better fit for me. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is the language because I'm learning Spanish. And I never did that mm-hmm. when I was in Korea. So yeah, it opens a ton of doors when, when oh. you make that investment. That's awesome. And you have, I think you said a little bit more of a, like a community there too, right? Like um, other yeah. teachers, other people you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the community is pretty good. It's it's pretty similar to to the Epic program. Um, the work requirements are about half, and and so is the pay. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. <laughs> it's about half okay. the pay and half okay. the work. Um, okay, so it's like a, like a half half Epic almost. Okay, <laughs> half of Epic. Um, yeah, it's not quite Epic. It's like <laughs> oh, I can't think of anything witty. <laughs> oh, like you know, okay. Epic would be like amazing. It's like. <laughs> I don't know. It's the great program. I got you. I got you. I got you. That's it. Sounds it sounds really good though. It sounds like like you can you have more time to do your your own thing there, right? Make that's the thing, cool. right? So like for you, I mean, if you're doing the skincare thing, and you said mm-hmm. your does your CEO does she live in Norway? Is that why she's on this time zone? She yeah yeah she yeah because yeah she's in the same time zone as you. So when you were asking for the time, so I was like, yeah, I'm already got that down okay so. yeah so like for 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 you already being mm-hmm. involved with some part-time work mm-hmm. teaching 12 it, it varies by region but some regions are 12 classes per week some are 16 um, okay okay everywhere gives you fridays off so you always have at least a three-day weekend what? is that all of spain or is that yeah. well with this program wow. and some others as well within spain so it just it allows for other projects i would say that's really neat that's huh i I did not know that and it's the thing also about the do you guys is having i guess the siestas too or you have kind of like a break or is that like um um, so yeah siestas are 100 real i took one today it's wonderful um but the schools are designed to accommodate the siesta but so Mm -hmm. my primary school starts at nine in the morning okay and they close at two the the school day ends at two so it's from nine to two um Mm -hmm. and then like students they'll bring a small snack with them and they there's a 30 minute break 
from mm -hmm. 11.45 to 12.15. But okay. other than that, they go home, they have a big lunch. That's traditionally the largest meal of the day here in Spain. Oh, wow. And then after lunch, typically around like 3.30 or so, mm -hmm. people will, will rest for a while. And all of the shops are closed, usually from like oh. 2 to 5 or 3 to 5. That's amazing. It's oh. amazing. Sometimes it requires a little bit of planning, like... I might be, I might not do my grocery shopping ahead of time and mm -hmm. I might come home after work and be like, I don't know where I can get food. And oh, I don't have like, I gotcha. So, I gotcha. But okay. during those times, there's always a bar open or something and you can go get something to eat. But uh, it's, okay. a, it's a, it's a lifestyle of leisure here. If you want it to be in a lot of teachers that come here, I think they do want that, you know, they're coming out of college, mm -hmm. they want like an introduction to a job, but not the full yeah. responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to supplement the or just like use the program as a way to get a visa and have mm -hmm. some income, you can mm -hmm. definitely do other things as well. So it's not so you could, I guess, hypothetically, you could teach and work, a, could you work a second job on top of teaching? either on that Friday or I shouldn't even say job, but just like a project or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you could That's definitely awesome. do whatever. I mean, a lot of days like on, like today I finished mm -hmm. school at noon. So oh my gosh, there's a lot of extra time. Um, I was there for an hour and 45 minutes today. It's wow. Uh, that's unreal. And there are so many holidays in Spain. I swear every other weekend is a four or five day. It, it, wow. every single month there is a long weekend every month wow so it, it just sounds like it's like a culture like it really is kind of like it, like encouraging you to spend time and be with other people versus absolutely. working all the time That's yeah awesome. absolutely and you know people people have complaints about that because the economy mm -hmm. has traditionally been pretty bad mm -hmm. um but it I think and then like if you look at it if you compare it to like Korea you might say mm -hmm. wow the the average salary here is horrendous but mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. all relative and mm -hmm. on the minimum salary here in Spain you can still live a pretty good life it's not like poverty yeah. in the sense that we would think of it you know in the states or there's not that wage disparity yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's and that's sorry I know we keep I keep going off on stuff uh, I get no ideas no but <laughs> No, I think, I think that's another thing too, is like when you travel, you don't realize like how little money you actually need. If like, if you right. want like that smaller lifestyle too. Cause I know like when I was in Korea, I mean like for Korea, it was, it was an okay salary, but like compared to the States, it wasn't that high, but like I, I had like an apartment. I didn't have to have a car. Like what was right. it? Um, the food was affordable and everything. And I, I never felt like, oh my gosh, like I need more money. I felt like I had everything I needed. Like, mm -hmm. so, and I guess Damon, you said in Spain, like, yeah, yeah so, you're not making loads, but. No, the yeah. salary in Korea, what is it like? 1800 US or 1700 US a month, something like that. It's yeah, it's, it's around there. Like kind of depends on the, um, the conversion, right? yeah 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 but then it's like if you think about they're they're also paying for your apartment so right. if you want to equate that i mean here in the states it's what they're crazy amounts of money now like thousand dollars for an apartment or whatever Sure, at least yeah so if, if you put that into it then it's like okay you're making close to three thousand a month and then yeah 
and yeah, and then you don't have to pay for, I, I never felt like I needed a car there, like ever. I, that's one thing. And now it's, it's really funny. Like when I first moved to Korea, I thought like I was kind of miss, missing my car for like two weeks. And then now yeah. that I'm, I got in that, that zone of like not needing a car. Now that I'm here, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I have a car and car payments. It's like eating up all my bills. And sure. Right? It. It's, <laughs> it's choose your sacrifice. Do you want yeah. to be a little more dependent on public transportation or have the responsibility of a car? Yeah. I, I actually just sold my car in the States a couple of weeks ago oh. and it was oh, wow. bittersweet, right? Because I, I really liked my car and mm. I've had it. I, I had it for eight years. Had you had so you had it when you when you first even when I met you? Oh yeah, you yeah. And I was oh. I was missing it a lot in Korea, but I never felt oh. like I needed it in Korea. Um, yeah. Here yeah. in Spain, where I live, um, I live in the least visited region of Spain. It's quite rural. Whoa. So what's, what's the region called? I'm it's curious. called Extremadura. Okay. It okay. borders Portugal. So Port Portugal is about an hour to our west. Okay. Okay. Extremely dark. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I, I chose this area because I wanted to be forced to speak Spanish. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to be around tourists, but this year there are no tourists anywhere in Spain. So it actually oh. doesn't really matter. Um, uh. And the public transportation here is really, really bad. So, in, in, in your one in that area in my town in my region uh, specifically yeah so oh. other areas of spain have decent trains really good buses but i have actually been looking into buying a car here now that i've sold mine but yeah in korea i never felt like i needed one oh that's that's awesome so it really it sounds like you're really like even if maybe not gonna, I don't know. It sounds like you're you're thinking you'll probably stay there for a while if you're thinking about a car, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, like That's I said, awesome. I, I feel like I can't leave Spain without experiencing it after COVID because I think, mm -hmm. you know, with the restrictions and stuff, it's not really a fair assessment of the lifestyle. And I, mm -hmm. I've still been happy with it, even with all the restrictions. So I think it can only get better. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It's good. It's good to hear. I guess that yeah, you found a place where I'll like... just put it out there if you're interested or if anyone else is. Um, the program I am involved in, it's a bit of a mouthful. It's called Auxiliares de Conversación. So um, if you just search teach English in Spain, it'll probably come up and mm -hmm. the application opens January 27th. It's free to submit an application. It's a really easy process. Uh, I think you need two letters of recommendation, but other than that, you don't need much of anything at all. So if anyone's interested, it's definitely worth submitting and and deciding. And you wouldn't have to decide until like July, typically. Teach abroad, guys. It's a good way. <laughs> it's a good way to travel. <laughs> right, yeah. It's an excellent way to travel and meet interesting people as, as we've learned here, meeting each other. and. Yeah you might end up on a podcast you know like you never know <laughs> so yeah for sure well thanks for finally making the time laura it's it was yeah. an absolute pleasure catching up it was it's been too long it's been years i know since we chatted, so i know we're well, coming yeah, up this... on our three-year anniversary of going to day John, right yeah yeah well thank gosh for for zoom this is really cool that or yeah the internet zoom all this it's good that we could still stay in touch for sure that's true. That's true. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what you're doing in the future. And uh, yeah, keep me in touch. 
Thanks. Yeah. And I guess have fun over there and I hope you get to work on what you want to work on. Yeah. I have to get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks, Sally. You take care. Yeah. See you, Laura. As always, thanks for taking the time to tune in and thanks to Laura for coming on the show. It was great to catch up. If you like the podcast, be sure to spread the word and most of all, get to crafting.